This is Here After, and I'm your host, Megan Devine. Each week, we tackle big questions from educators, nurses, and other helpful folks that let us explore how to show up after life goes horribly wrong. This week, prolonged grief disorder. Oh my God, it's prolonged grief disorder. What is even happening? Why is the media talking about it? Why are all of our social media channels lit up over prolonged grief disorder? This is your I am trying to be brief answer multiple questions overview of this new, new in air quotes, human disorder and what it means for the average person, for healthcare providers, and honestly, for the whole world. Coming right up after this first break. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Before we get started, one quick note. While I hope you find a lot of useful information in our time here together, this show is not a substitute for skilled support with a licensed mental health provider or for professional supervision related to your work. One more disclaimer. Discussions about prolonged grief disorder get hot really, really fast. So if you're going to at me, just, you know, Use some communication skills and and don't be a jerk. The other thing, though, here is I do want to say that I am not an expert in prolonged grief disorder or the DSM or the Family Medical Leave Act, all things we are going to be talking about in today's show. Hey, friends. Okay, so I don't know if you saw it, but the New York Times recently ran an article with the super unfortunate title, How Long Should It Take to Grieve? Psychiatry Has Come Up With an Answer. Okay, something y'all might not know is that journalists and writers do not usually get to choose the titles that accompany their pieces. So whoever the journalist is for this article, sorry they did that to you. Anyway, this isn't the first time a major media outlet has reported on prolonged grief disorder. They usually report on it with this like deeply alarmist tone. This is the second article about prolonged grief disorder that the New York Times has run. Their first one, at least the only one that I'm aware of, was in late 2021. 
At the end of 2020, Scientific American ran an article with a headline that proclaimed, quote, the whole world is at risk for the prolonged grief disorder because of the pandemic. Super not helpful phrasing. With a bit of a better angle, this past fall, the Washington Post ran an article hoping to educate people about what the diagnosis means, why it's recently been added to the DSM. The DSM is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. It's basically a big old catalog of things that go wrong or get dicey during the course of being a live human being. We're going to get into the DSM, what it is and how it's used a little later in the show. But back to the New York Times article about prolonged grief disorder. There was such a huge uproar surrounding that article, including, full disclosure, my own Twitter rant that has so far, so far, spanned several days. We figured that a show at least starting a conversation about prolonged grief disorder should get moved to the top of the production queue. Articles like this raise so many questions. To be honest, everybody, I have avoided a show about prolonged grief disorder. It is a super complicated, super messy issue, and it hits all of my outrage buttons. So I have just tried to grumble about it a little bit when it pops up in my media feeds and then just like go distract myself with something else for a bit. But I can't keep doing that. This whole disorder lens on grief does such damage not only to people who identify as grieving, but also to the friends, family, clinicians, and medical providers that come across grief in their social and professional worlds. This is a good time to remind you that that little description that I just gave applies to pretty much everyone. Everyone is grieving. It doesn't matter if it's from death or illness or job loss or a loss of the sense of the world as a good, orderly, reasonably safe place. Grief is everywhere. So this week on the show, I'm going to do my best to do a rapid fire Q&A whistle stop tour of prolonged grief disorder. What it is, how the diagnosis is used in both the perfect world and the real world, why people are so mad about it, and hopefully, maybe why you should maybe be mad about it too. We will definitely have more shows addressing different issues related to the diagnosis of prolonged grief disorder, so consider this just like part one of I don't know how many parts. (laughs) Let's get rolling. I'm going to do my best here, folks. Whew. Not kidding when I say that I get hot about this stuff. All right. Really quickly, a short orientation to prolonged grief disorder. This is a diagnosis that's been under debate, and I mean hot debate, for the last 10 years or so, with people fighting ferociously on both sides. The official entry of the diagnosis or the disorder into the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, that DSM I mentioned, that's already happened. It is already in there. So the period for debate about whether that diagnosis is in or out, over. The fight about it, or more precisely, the fight against it, is ongoing. Okay, so what is it? Prolonged grief disorder is a new diagnosis created by the American Psychiatric Association that describes a, quote, maladaptive response to loss. Usually that's a loss due to death. In order to receive the diagnosis, somebody must be at least six months past the initiating event, a death, and they must be, quote, experiencing persistent and pervasive longing for the deceased and or persistent and pervasive cognitive preoccupation with the deceased combined with any of 10 additional grief reactions indicative of intense emotional pain, again, for at least six months after bereavement, also known as the loss. Okay, 
whew, let's define some terms here because that is some jargon. Pervasive cognitive preoccupation literally means you are thinking of the person who died pretty regularly since they died. Persistent and pervasive longing, part two of the diagnostic criteria, persistent and pervasive longing for the person is psychiatry speak for you miss them and you wish they were still here. So in addition to one or both of those two things, you just need one more, as they say, grief reaction indicative of intense emotional pain to qualify for this prolonged grief disorder diagnosis. So things on the list of those 10 additional grief reactions indicative of intense emotional pain. I am not making this up, everybody. I'm I'm reading it off of the official diagnostic criteria. So these 10 things include sadness, guilt, anger, denial, like having a hard time reconciling that this death is real, like difficulty accepting the death, feeling like you've lost part of yourself in this loss, an inability to experience a positive mood, emotional numbness, and difficulty engaging with social or other activities. So, according to this new diagnosis, in a manual that goes out to all clinicians and all medical providers, if you're still sad about somebody's death six months after they've died, you really, really miss them, you think about them all the time, and you're having a tough time bouncing back to your happy, positive, party, pre-death self, you have a disorder. You can probably hear it, but I have a really hard time controlling my fury, even just reading those criteria. I am going to try to keep it contained for the purposes of our show, at least today, and get through this general overview with some questions. But I do got to note that it is hard, hard for me to keep it together. (laughs) I want to address why anybody should care what the APA or the DSM thinks about grief. I mean, realistically speaking here, no governing body can tell you how to feel or mandate required emotions for anything. But here's the thing. The way the medical industry talks about grief has a direct impact on the quality of care and support a grieving person receives, and the opinions or the edicts of the psychiatric industry actually trickle down to the wider public understanding of grief. If the medical industry says that missing your person, still missing your person, still feeling sad, still talking about them six months after they've died, if the medical industry says that that's a problem, then the general population believes it's a problem. If the medical industry officially says that grief is a disorder, then we all believe it's a disorder. There's sort of this like trickle-down pathology that happens from the medical world into popular culture. So when a major medical industry releases their, quote, prolonged grief disorder diagnostic criteria, and then major media outlets report on that diagnostic criteria, That all feeds into this belief we still have in Western culture that grief is a problem to be solved, that sadness is unhealthy, and that bouncing back to a productive, happy, positive outlook is the only healthy response to loss. I mean, this is the whole reason I do the work that I do, right, friends? It's the whole reason for the podcast and the books and the education and the training and all of it is to kick over those outdated ideas about what it means to be human Because those beliefs that being human is somehow faulty is like the whole problem. 
There might be a lot of nuance to the diagnosis, which we're totally going to touch on in a minute. But basically, if your doctor says grief is a disorder, then the best thing we can do for people going through hard times is listen to the medical profession and cheer people up, get them to be less sad, and probably suggest that they, quote, get help for their disordered emotional responses. I mean, that's not just like me overreacting to things. We can back up all of this with recent real-world experience. Over the last three days, I've received hundreds of messages from people saying that well-meaning friends and family actually sent them a link to that New York Times article on prolonged grief disorder, often accompanied with messages saying things like, I knew you shouldn't be sad after all this time. Read this article. Maybe you should go get some help. Weaponizing. Prolonged grief disorder. To shame, judge, advise, and correct people going through the hardest times of their lives under the guise of medical advice and a return to health. So while it can seem like a diagnostic code used in a manual by clinicians has no actual real-world impact, I am here to tell you, holy everything, everybody, it has so much impact. Now, the impact of diagnoses on the general world is a totally other big topic for another day because I want to, as briefly as I can, remind you that no matter what anybody says, grief is a healthy, reasonable response to loss. It's not going to be over in six months or a year or 18 months. Grief lasts as long as love lasts, and there's nothing wrong with that. On that note, we are going to take a very quick break. I'm going to drink some water. Hydration is important when you're feeling outraged, and we'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, continuing with our quick flyover, drive-by, 
orientation to prolonged grief disorder. Why do we even have the disorder? That in itself is a major topic. And as I've said a number of times, we will get into that in other shows. But for now, calling grief a disorder is an outgrowth of our grief averse. Emotions are bad. Get back to work as soon as you possibly can. Culture. Which is to say that prolonged grief disorder as a diagnosis is an extension of capitalism. Grief makes you less productive, and what we value above all else is productivity. As you know from listening to previous shows, we have a long history of avoiding emotional pain, so that actually underlies a lot of capitalism, or it's at least like the twin of capitalism, avoiding all human things so that we can be more productive, like that, you know. Ooh, capitalism should actually be in the DSM, but that is also a subject for another day. Ooh, I can already see the the Twitter responses I'm going to get for that one. Anyway, the DSM, that manual we've all been talking about, is written for the insurance industry. Little known fact that you might not know if you're outside of the medical industry. It's a collection of conditions that insurance companies will or will not pay for, meaning they'll pay your therapist or your doctor to treat a condition as long as it is detailed in the DSM. With the current U.S. healthcare system, you actually can't get help from a doctor or therapist for something like depression or anxiety. You can't get help within the U.S. healthcare system if you aren't broken. Broken, in air quotes. So we need there to be something broken in you that we can fix. This leads us to pushback number one, where people say, like, actually having grief, an official diagnosis or disorder in the DSM is a good thing. If we normalize this very normal human experience, if we say it's not a disorder, this is a normal thing, if we say that, then insurance companies won't want to pay for treatment or support or therapy. Because remember what I just said in the current U.S. healthcare system and in some other healthcare systems around the world, you can't get support, treatment, therapy if there isn't something wrong with you. So we need to say there is something wrong in order for you to access care. If you don't get a diagnosis, Inside your grief, it means that some people won't be able to access care if they aren't labeled with a disorder. So this is one reason, as I said, that people are in favor of the prolonged grief disorder diagnosis. They say it's going to let people gain access to therapy and other support. So when a couple of people yell at me for not supporting the grief disorder diagnosis, they're saying that people need it in order to access services. Now, my response here is like, yeah. That is, in many cases, true. That is the function of the capitalistic insurance-based system where you need to have a disorder in order to access care. But I would much rather we focus on getting insurance companies to reimburse for therapy and support just because being human is hard sometimes. Not you only get paid to go to therapy because being human is a disorder. You know what I mean? In the meantime, we do have the system that we have, so that means we do need a diagnosis very often in order to unlock access to therapy and other supportive resources, but we do have other less shame-based diagnoses we can give people in order to unlock that care. We really didn't need yet another way to shame and deride the human experience. Actually, somebody on Twitter had a really good point. They were like, this diagnosis or this new disorder is just one step closer to making the human experience as a whole a pathology. Yeah, that is where we're going. The robot army approaches. Okay, what about the Family Medical Leave Act? Doesn't getting a prolonged grief disorder diagnosis get you that 
Family Medical Leave Act protection. Now, I am not an expert in the Family Medical Leave Act, but I can say that FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, it doesn't typically cover bereavement. You can often get um, family medical leave while you are caring for a terminally ill family member, but once that person dies, family medical leave stops. They figure you're going to rely on your company's bereavement policies, which is a problem since there is no law saying that your company has to give you bereavement leave. And many of those company policies are for very specific family members. So if you've been tending to your best friend in their late stage cancer and then they've died, like forget about it. You're not covered by anybody. Even if you have a good bereavement leave policy in your company, those things typically just cover a couple of days off. Three, five Some people might even get a week. Now, you can use family medical leave for some mental health conditions. So technically, a prolonged grief disorder diagnosis might unlock family medical leave in some situations. But I want to point out something really, really important here. A diagnosis of prolonged grief disorder can't happen without that prolonged bit. By definition, You can't get a diagnosis of prolonged grief disorder until at least six months post-loss, which means even family medical leave wouldn't come into effect in the early days and weeks after somebody dies, which is often when people need grief support the most. So that argument that we need the diagnosis or the disorder of prolonged grief disorder in order to unlock family medical leave, absolutely not relevant. It can't even happen until six months after the death. And then just to throw one last complicating wrench into the works, I just want to show you how truly complicated this entire thing is. I'm going to give you an argument for prolonged grief disorder showing up in the DSM, just messing with the world here. This is precisely because we live in such a grief-averse culture where grieving people find it really hard to get support and understanding from the people around them. I've heard from a lot of people who feel like they need to have this official medical diagnosis in order to prove to their family and friends that they have a right to their grief. It's like they need the official diagnosis as a way to legitimize their feelings and their experience. And that is important. If you feel like everybody around you is telling you to get over it, move on, then having a legit medical diagnosis gives you some power. You can always push back at the people around you and say, no, 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 this isn't like normal grief. It's an actual medical condition. That official diagnosis is like your shield and your defense. So you basically have to agree that you're doing grief wrong in order to legitimize your experience. I mean, how screwed up is that? everybody, that in order to have your very normal, very messy, very difficult, very complex response, emotional response to the death or loss of somebody you care about, in order to have that honored and acknowledged and supported, you have to give yourself a disorder just to make the people around you take it seriously. So this is what I mean, friends. Addressing the issue of prolonged grief disorder is a whole cauldron of interrelated problems that go far beyond grief itself. It is a symptom of the machinery of capitalism and greed. It involves access to care, so that means issues of race and class and gender and immigration. It also brings into play centuries and centuries of people being scared of big emotions. 
there is a reason why we're going to need a lot of shows to talk about this one. I hope that what you've gained from this show today so far is one, of course, a sense of my outrage, because honestly, you know, outrage is sometimes useful to share to start you having these conversations. But also, like, you're going to hear a lot of conversation about it, and I want you to be equipped with some basic knowledge so that you can enter into some conversations or some outraged Twitter threads with a little bit more than what the headlines give you. We'll be right back with questions to carry with you. You know they're going to be related to prolonged grief disorder. We'll be right back, friends. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Each week, I leave you with some questions to carry with you until we meet again. It's part of this whole awkward stuff gets easier with practice thing. This week, maybe it's the outrage stuff gets easier with practice thing. If you haven't yet, go check out the media coverage of prolonged grief disorder. Read up on it. Read my Twitter rant about it. We'll link it in the show notes. Read discussions about it for and against the complex, middle, messy part of people who somehow, like I just did at the end of the show, come out somehow for something I don't believe in. Rant about it. Speak about it. Ask questions about it. No matter what, I bet that you will have some thoughts and feelings about it. This isn't just a siloed, only applies to certain people issue. It is a whole, big, messy human thing. So for your homework, your questions to carry with you this week, go check it out, friends. And then send me your questions, either about prolonged grief disorder or anything else. This show is nothing without your questions. It is literally a Q&A show. You can ask me anything you'd like. Bring me your clinical questions, your I'm trying really hard to be a good friend, but I'm getting mixed messages from everywhere. Bring me your questions above the things that scare you. How to handle that one thing that always leaves you feeling like a deer in the headlights and you really need a script for it. Let's talk it out. Call us at 323 323- 
643-3768 and leave a voicemail. If you missed it, you can find the number in the show notes or visit megandevine.co. If you'd rather send an email, you can do that too, right on the website, megandevine.co. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. This show, this world, needs your questions. Together we can make things better, even when we can't make them right. You know how most people are going to scan through their podcast app looking for a new thing to listen to and then they're going to see the show description for hereafter and think, I don't want to talk about that stuff. Things are hard enough. This is where you come in. Your reviews let people know it really isn't all that bad in here. We talk about heavy stuff, but it's in the service of making things better for everyone. So everyone needs to listen. Spread the word in your workplaces, in your social world, on social media, and click through to leave a review. Subscribe to the show, download episodes, send in your questions. Want more hereafter? Grief education doesn't just belong to end-of-life issues. Life is full of losses, from everyday disappointments to events that clearly divide life into before and after. Learning how to talk about all that without cliches or platitudes or simplistic think-positive posters is an important skill for everyone. Find trainings, workshops, books, and resources for every human trying to make their way in the world after something goes horribly wrong at megandevine.co. Hereafter with Megan Devine is written and produced by me, Megan Devine. Executive producer is Amy Brown. Co-produced by Tanya Yuhas and Elizabeth Fazio. Edited by Houston Tilly. And studio support by Chris Uren. Music provided by Wavecrush. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.